Good morning and welcome to Willamette Wake Up. This is Melanie Zermer. Since the social unrest over the summer and into the fall, the issue of racial inequity is once again in the forefront of many people's minds. People are reading books about racism, media are covering stories on incidents of racism, educational institutions are calling for better representation of BIPOC people in curricula, some local governments are taking a stand against white supremacy and forming task forces to look at police practices. And yet, there have been many organizations who have been calling for social change and or documenting the black experience for decades. One such organization is the Oregon Black Pioneers, which researches and commemorates the influence of black and African Americans in Oregon. Zachary Stock is the executive director of the Oregon Black Pioneers, and he's with us here today to talk about the organization, how it's growing, current projects, and his personal reflections on current events and how the Oregon Black Pioneers play a role in shaping the future. So welcome. Thank you for joining us this morning. Thanks, Melody. So, again, um, you're fairly new to the organization, and you are the first executive director for the Oregon Black Pioneers. Why don't you tell us a bit about yourself and why you wanted to be a part of this historical organization? Yes, be happy to. Um, and also, I'm the first paid staff person of any kind to work for Oregon Black Pioneers, even though the nonprofit has been around since 1993. So it's a real honor for me. Um, I started back in July, and... Like many of my friends and colleagues that work in the nonprofit cultural sector, I was laid off from my job. I was working for a private exhibit design firm, um, and as someone who uh, is coming from the museum field, I really wanted to work in a space where I can continue to do uh, history education and share uh, the heritage of the Pacific Northwest, which is something I've been doing for several years now. Um, I am originally from Virginia, but after getting my degree, I moved out west and pursued a master's degree at the University of Washington, Seattle. And afterwards, I started working at the Northwest African American Museum, uh, which is the largest brick-and-mortar uh, black history museum in the Pacific Northwest in Seattle. Uh, I started there as a front desk ticket taker on the weekends, and I uh, was able to advance in that position to eventually become the front of house manager for the museum. Um, and after a few years there, I uh, wanted to get back to my roots doing uh, living history, costume interpretation. It's just something I've done quite a bit of, and uh, as well as program development. So I became the program director at Historical Seaport, which manages Washington State's uh, state ships um, and interprets maritime history. Um, and some of that history also involves people of African descent, uh, because black sailors were ubiquitous during the age of navigation, um, including on the very first American ship to ever make landfall in Oregon, uh, which was the Lady Washington. Um, so I was already familiar a bit with the history of blacks in Oregon, the earliest history of blacks in Oregon, um, by the time I found out about the position with Oregon Black Pioneers, and uh, I was ready to work. I had professional experience, I had the degrees to back it up, and I had content knowledge. Uh, it really seemed like a great fit, and I'm, I'm really grateful to have been selected for this role. And you came on board in July 2020 during the pandemic. What's been the focus of your work during the pandemic, and once we're over this, what do you hope to accomplish? 
Well, I guess we were we were at an advantage in one way in that we didn't have a site that we needed to close, and we didn't have a large staff that we needed to you know make decisions about employment. Uh, I was the first person coming in, and we operate a small administrative office in Salem. Uh, but otherwise, uh, we haven't really been impacted in terms of our administration. What has been very challenging has been what are we going to do related to our programs? Because uh, the only way that we can generate revenue at Oregon Black Pioneers is by, you know, showcasing our original exhibitions or participating in public presentations. And with museums closing and libraries and other institutions, we suddenly lost the venues by which we, we earn any sort of income. So really I've been focusing this time on professionalizing the work that we do and building up new internal structures that are going to you know, position us for long-term sustainability. So that's things like uh, standardizing our communications, making sure that we're reaching out to the people that are in our network on a regular basis, um, creating a new donor database uh, so that we can actually manage the gifts that we have effectively, uh, as well as really thinking clearly about what it is that we want to do as an organization in the future. We really narrowed that down to a few key areas that we can do. Uh, first and foremost, we're going to continue to identify sites with African-American historical significance and advocate strongly for their preservation and commemoration. Um, and what we've been doing for that is things like historical markers. You know, we're forging new partnerships with local organizations uh, that are on the ground in places where we are not able to go to right now um, through things like the State Travel Information Committee uh, to put up state history highway markers um, or headstones in pioneer cemeteries um, or even renaming efforts around organ placement. Um, another thing that we're going to do is we're going to uh, improve the way that we conduct new research. So we're taking all of the content that we've had in our files for years, paper files, and finally beginning the tedious process of digitizing those materials mm -hmm. so that we can actually utilize them in future for exhibitions, for research. Because something you said early on when you talked about the monuments uh, caught my interest, because it seemed like I was reading somewhere, maybe it was on the website, your website, about um, here in Salem at the Pioneer Cemetery that there's some sort of a plaque that lists the names of black Oregonians who were buried there. Am I remembering that correctly? You are. That's right. Back in 2007, our organization uh, erected a marker at the Pioneer Cemetery in Salem to honor the over 40 black individuals who are interred there uh, in both marked and unmarked graves. All right. So that's just an example of um, some of the projects that you're continuing on right now. So you're kind of building the infrastructure for the future, and I think I see a lot of nonprofits doing that around here. So what's the third project that you're working on during the pandemic? Well, the third project is that we're going to finally push for the creation of a real online museum. Ah. And that is going to take some of our physical exhibitions that we've uh, put up in the past and make that content available online, as well as this content that we've digitized uh, for independent research so that people can actually have a one-stop shop where they can learn about the unique stories of Oregon's African-American heritage um, and really position us well for a new way to reach people 
uh, given the uncertainty of in-person gatherings. Mm-hmm. That makes perfect sense, too. It seems like the pandemic has caused a lot of people to, to go into the digital world. And Zachary Stock, I'm talking with Zachary Stock, who's the executive director of the Oregon Black Pioneers. And as a historian, what's it like for you having to spend so much time in the digital world? Well, it's been a lot of learning as we go, that's for sure. Um, you know, the presentations that we ordinarily would have uh, been giving in person, we have to now give online. And so we're getting very familiar with a lot of different kinds of digital uh, conferencing platforms, I think, as everyone has. Mm-hmm. Um, but the good news is that we're not losing that engagement. Uh, you know, we're still connecting with people. And in some ways, we're able to reach audiences who we've had a harder time reaching in the past because, you know, ordinarily, our dispersed board and myself uh, would be working through our partner institutions that are usually concentrated in the Willamette Valley or the Portland Metro. But now, uh, with these digital tools, we have the ability to uh, reach groups far out in eastern Oregon. Um, We can talk to folks down in southern Oregon or all across the Oregon coast. Um, So this has been, I think it's been an important learning experience for us to figure out how we can really be more nimble Mm -hmm. in the ways that we do the work that uh, is our mandate. Mm-hmm. So that makes uh, that begs the question about the brick-and-mortar home. For a while there, um, uh, I remember hearing the chair of the board saying that that was their biggest push right now was for a brick-and-mortar home. That might have been one or two years ago. Um, but has there been any progress on that, and is that being maybe uh, put on the back burner at this time? Well, it's not quite on the back burner. Uh, it isn't in our strategic plan for the next year, but we are eager to have conversations with individuals who want to support uh, the creation of a permanent home for uh, the stories of Oregon's black history. So, yes, we would love to have a physical museum sometime in the future. Right now, we want to concentrate on the things that we can uh, accomplish with the resources we already have. Because, of course, this is going to take a tremendous amount of financial resources uh, to create a brick-and-mortar museum. But we did create a new uh, endowment fund uh, through the Oregon uh, Community Foundation, which will help us to be able to receive estate gifts, large plan gifts, and hopefully uh, provide resources that can help sustain the organization so we can move toward uh, that big goal in the future of creating that museum. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, that sounds like a really good move. I know people could have donated in the past, but by working through the Oregon Community Fund, uh, I think you might reach a, a wider audience from from oh, yeah. that uh, pers- from that perspective. So, um, in terms of any uh, exhibits right now, I know that there was supposed to be an exhibit opening this month at the Benton County Historical Society, but they're closed now. Uh, tell us about what that exhibit would have been, and is there any way people can see it? Yes. So the exhibit is called Black in Oregon, 1840 to 1870, and it was originally developed by Oregon State Archives. And after its run at the State Archives building, they donated the panels to Oregon Black Pioneers. And afterwards, we had toured it to just a couple of coffee shops. But we realized that there's a lot of interest in the stories of really the first wave of black migrants to Oregon. Um, So we wanted to invest in making this exhibit something that could really last a long time um, and reach a lot of audiences around the state. 
So we took those panels and we, uh, or the graphic files for the panels rather, and we applied them onto a much more durable material. We increased the size of each of the panels. We standardized the graphic design and edited the text so that there's fewer words per panel. Really made it more accessible um, and more of a draw for people to come and see. And uh, the Benton County Historical Society is the first stop on what we hope will be a very long tour for Black and Oregon. Um, and, you know, we're upset that it isn't going to be available at the time we had hoped, but we understand, you know, an exhibit is not something worth uh, risking your life to go right. see. So uh, as soon as it's safe to get there, I'm sure that folks will enjoy it, and I'm certainly going to enjoy visiting my friends over in Columbus and having a look at the exhibit now that it's uh, installed. And beyond that, uh, I hope that we can send this exhibit to communities far and wide. And then at some point, uh, they'll be able to see it digitally uh, on your website. At this point, is there anything on the Oregon Black Pioneers website that is a digital tour or a digital a digital exhibit? Go ahead. Yes. We have two online exhibits um, because we developed a, a very large exhibition called Racing to Change, Oregon Civil Rights Years All right. at Oregon Historical Society in Portland. And that exhibition covered the civil rights story of Portland specifically. Um, and after a lot of success with that exhibit, we created an online tour. So you can actually see what it looks like when it was installed at Oregon Historical Society with sort of a, a first-person point of view, and you sort of walk through the space as if you were there. They had great music playing, by the way. I remember that part of the exhibit. <laughs> and then as uh, the Racing to Change exhibit was up, we realized that this was actually a bigger story than we originally thought. And so we expanded it and uh, created a companion exhibit called the Eugene Story. So Racing to Change the Eugene Story talks specifically about events related to civil rights that were going on in Eugene during the same time period. Hmm. And so that one is also on display right now at the Museum of Natural and Cultural History uh, in the University of Oregon campus. It also is closed to the public right now, but when it reopens, that's another exhibit that visitors can go and check out. But in the meantime, both of those exhibits do have online versions uh, that can be accessed uh, almost in their entirety just by clicking through from your computer at home. So mm -hmm. I would encourage anyone who's interested in learning about uh, the civil rights struggles of Oregon and successes um, to, to visit the Race and the Change and Race and the Change Eugene story online exhibits uh, on our website. Excellent. And again, with all this distance learning and online learning, have any school districts contacted the Oregon Black Pioneers um, asking for some assistance in, in developing curricula around black history? Not really. <laughs> There's a call for that. <laughs> Definitely a call for that. All right. Well, let me move into this. I know that um, Oregon Black Pioneers is not really an activist group in terms of being in the forefront of demanding social change. But what role does a historical organization play in the move toward racial equity? Well, that was a question we had to ask ourselves uh, right when right when I started working for Oregon Black Pioneers. Is thinking, you know, what is what is our responsibility to speak out against, against uh, police violence, to speak out against uh, killing of black and brown and indigenous people? Every, you know, every year we hear more and more of these stories. You know, what can we do to, to talk about this? Um, and as you mentioned, we're a historical society. We're not, uh, 
have, we don't have anything to do with policy making. We don't do activist work or advocacy work. But what we can do is we can tell the truth and share stories and let people know that these are not new struggles. Uh, you know, there's there's a there's a history of police violence uh, that has been going on in Oregon for decades. And prior to that, there is a history of white supremacy that dates back uh, well over a century and is grounded in some foundational laws in the history of this place. So Brian Stevenson, the uh, founder of the Equal Justice Initiative, um, he states that truth and reconciliation are sequential. You have to start by telling the truth, and then you can reconcile. Then you can begin the healing process. So our hope is that by sharing these truths, it can move us to a place where we can start to do something about it as a society. Mm -hmm. Thank you for that. And if you don't mind sharing your personal reflections on current events, uh, Zachary, based on history, what needs to happen to make long-lasting change in the area of racial equity in our country? I think we need to see some pretty dramatic reinvestment in community organizations uh, where there's de-escalation of police interactions uh, with the public, um, where people's rights to protest and demand change are met with listening and understanding rather than with tear gas and violence. Uh, I think that we need to start to live up to the ideals that we say are our values. Great. Thank you for that. And I do want to give a plug uh, for something that you're going to be at here in Salem through a Zoom event. The uh, Willamette Heritage Center here is once again providing their Zooming back into history. And I believe that you're going to be the guest on March 9th. Is that right? Yes. <laughs> Thanks for reminding me. I have it on my schedule and that's quite a <laughs> bit. But yes, March 9th, it's at 7 p.m. I believe it's $10 per person. Right. And, um, yeah. It'll be a lot of fun. I'm, I'm giving a talk called Oregon's Black History, 450 Years in 45 Minutes. <laughs> but these Zoom events oh, have yes. been pretty popular. And um, I, I've been to a couple myself and I found them to be pretty engaging. So I look forward to seeing you and hearing you there as well. Are there any last words, Zachary Stock? Thank you, and I hope everyone has a chance to see the Black and Oregon exhibit when it opens in Philomath, um, or to visit uh, Racing to Change Eugene's story at the Museum of Natural and Cultural History uh, on the U of O campus when you get a chance to as well. And uh, why don't you give our listeners your website so people can check you out there as well? It is OregonBlackPioneers.org. Thank you so much. Zachary Stock, Executive Director of the Oregon Black Pioneers.